Wait, even with the condom? Like, I'm fine catching an STD. I don't care if I catch an STD from a condom. I just don't want to get a girl pregnant. So hold on. Let me reassess this. We were actually recording, right? <laughs> ¿Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that Vato Gallo, the chivalrous chauvinist. You can find me at Cochino Chingon on Instagram, TikTok, and sometimes Twitter. Welcome to another episode of Sucias, or my favorite. I've been checking out uh, a lot of episodes of your show. I started with the one with uh, Jared, and I went to a lot of uh, the ones from the beginning. Oh, shit, I, I didn't realize until after I already scheduled it for today that it was Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know if he's going to have like plans or have something going on. And then I heard that episode of the Valloween uh, one that you just posted today. I said, I'm like, this tracks. This seems like it, it was like almost <laughs> like it. It was perfectly set up for me to record on this day. Yeah, it works it's for relationships or everything. I mean, not, not that I care. I mean, it's still a fun day. It's just not Valentine's oriented. But speaking of Valentine's, how's it going with you and your love? Do you celebrate Valentine's? No, we do not. Well, hold on, hang on, hang on, time out. Hi, everybody. I'm Gallo, and this is my friend, Eric. We've been on a show together before. Not entirely convinced he's American, even though he has served probably <laughs> in the United States Navy. But to find out more about that, you'll have to check out an episode on Feathers and Friends. I want to say it's episode 92. I'm not sure the number, but it's called the Russian Hair Box. And that'll explain why I think Eric here is a Russian spy. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we had a great, uh, we got along well on, on the show. Yeah. I don't know why we've taken so long to to get together. I don't know. I kind of thought, honestly, that you thought that I didn't like you or something because Jared like completely kind of floored me because it, like he made it up like we were going to have our normal, like typical episode together. And he's like, oh, I got a surprise for you. And then you came out the last second. And I was like, oh, like I wasn't expecting there to be another person there. And it's just like, no, it went perfectly fine. I thought you were a great guy. It's just like, I, I don't know if he thought that I didn't want you on there or if you thought that because he kept asking me, like you had stepped away from the mic. He's like, you're right, big guy. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like when, I was just you know, <laughs> like, no, I was just kind of floored. Like and plus we didn't really have any specific uh like theme like he just wanted it to be the military podcast you know like guys from three different branches of the military on and but it was just kind of like yeah it was a loosey-goosey kind of thing but yeah i was just under the impression that you thought that i didn't like you which couldn't oh, be no, farther no. from the truth so no no not at all I, I didn't catch any of those vibes or anything like that i thought you were just being cautious because like oh shit there's this there's a sex addict on here i don't know what i can say or like <laughs> i don't want to trigger him or whatever that was that was kind of the vibe i got but i mean it was also kind of a surprise for me. He had mentioned that he wanted to do a military episode. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, let me know. And he booked me on. And then I think the day of, I think he probably gave me more of a heads up. Either the day of or 24 hours, he told me, yeah, oh, there's going to be another military guy. I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be that episode. So we're going to be talking about, oh, you'll see. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and that's how the whole episode went. It's like he had like three or four things he wanted, or I don't know how many things he wanted to do, but we never, I think we only touched on one, maybe two. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. But it was still a fun episode to do. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 I mean, it, it flowed fairly well, even though I had to repeat my story. Not not just for you, but I mean, just repeating my story. It's like, you already heard this. I mean, your, your <laughs> fans are going to hear this again. They're like, oh, this guy again? But yeah. anyways. No, but you've done uh, a lot of other great episodes with him in the meantime, too. So it's just, um, yeah, I've learned just a lot about you. Like, I mean, you're you're an open book. And I think that's really admirable. And, you know, that you are so willing to, to share, like, your story. And, man, I, I, I got to tell you, I listened to the 
the, like the really heartfelt one where you were talking about like it was the anniversary of like your wife's passing and it's like man i this the eyes started to well up and shit it's like man i i could hear the emotion in your voice and everything and it's like i really felt for you and still do it's like that's a it's got to be a incredibly tough situation to go through and thanks and, and i know it's even doubly hard for us like our generation because we're gen x and just showing emotions oh you fucking little pussy little fag you know that that's what we grew up with i mean to be vulnerable at any point in our life you know it's kind of like fuck is this guy and even people who know me back in the day is like is do you really have a podcast you're really talking about that stuff and it's more of their surprise yeah. because they know the asshole that i was and i was like I, I, if i can change their minds and hopefully i can touch someone else and just to, to open up and be more honest about their stuff in their life you and your wife have been together for 19 years now 20 years 23 years yeah so yeah this uh will be married um for 20 years this august so yeah so we dated for three years uh, and then, yeah, it was kind of a, a like much like yourself and much like Jared as well. I think it's like, it's obviously a military thing. I was married before and, um, yeah, it obviously didn't work out. She was in the military. I was in the military and, um, yeah, it's just was destined not to be. And when that kind of flamed out, I moved back up home, but was still technically married and obviously wasn't you know looking for anything. And uh, I met my, who is now my wife and yeah, it just, it, it really, it started off and, and it was just like, I could tell right away, like this person is the love of my life and who I'm meant to be with and is going to be my soulmate. But it's like very early on, like I went through the whole rigmarole of like introducing her to my parents and everything. And just like in the back of my mind, knowing like I got to tell her that I'm still, you know, technically married and there was uh i'll never forget there was a, a magazine that was i think my grandma's or my stepmom's or something that was like on the uh, on the table and it said something to the effect of uh never trust a, a guy who's been married before or something and she just read that headline and she's like boy ain't that the truth or you know something like that i was like well fuck i can't tell her now so you know that that's just going to completely shut the door on that so it's like okay i'll just you know pace myself i'll wait till the time is right well, here it is, like, what, uh, two years later, I think. Uh, and I still hadn't told her until it was, like, tax return time. And I had to, like, file, like, married filing separately. And then she she gets it. And she's, like, point blank asks my mom, like, what's this about? And she's, like, well, that's not my place to say. You know, you're going to have to confront him on it. And so she did. And, you know, yeah, we had a, a huge you know, big blow up thing. But um, yeah, one of our mutual friends kind of, you know, talked her off the ledge to say like, you know, it wasn't anything malicious. He hasn't had any contact with her. And obviously he loves you. And, you know, I, I pled my case and explained it. And, and yeah, it just obviously wasn't the right thing to do. But to her credit, she stuck with me and still together, you know, 23 years later. So yeah, that that is awesome. And for you and my listeners, I mean, I want them to know or understand that I personally haven't been on both sides of the fence. I actually envy you. I, I, I would trade all the crazy stuff, all the women I've been with to have that one soulmate for 20 plus years, you know, and it's not, even if it wasn't my wife that passed away, even if it was just someone else, but just to be able to know that I had a solid relationship like that, to me, that's more valuable than all the pussy I can get. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, you know, knowing that you have that, you know, stable 
partner to, to come home to through all the thick and thin. And obviously, you know, over the course of any relationship, it's not always going to be roses and sunshine. I mean, we certainly had, you know, our, our, our dark days and dark times, but at the end of the day, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like it's, it's remarkable when you think like, so I'm 44. So I, and we've been together for 23 years. So it's like, and I was married before. So it's like, I've, we've been together for literally over half of our lives, which is just an astounding kind of thing. It's like, it, it, it feels like, I mean, time goes so fast and especially the older you get, the faster it seems to go. And it just seems like, but it's been 23 years, but I, I still remember like our first dates and, you know, the things that happened when we were you know first together for only a couple of months. And it's just like, that feels like it was yesterday. So it's like, I don't feel like I'm in my forties. I still have like the mindset and the mentality, like, like I'm in my twenties or whatever. And so it's kind of like, I almost can, I still think it's gross. Don't get me wrong, but I almost can understand. It's like when the 60 year old dudes like go for the 20 year olds, because it, yeah, in my mind, again, I, I find that disgusting, but probably if they have the same kind of mentality, they're still thinking that they're in their forties or thirties. And so it's not that big of a difference. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, man, that's, that's just crazy. Cause when, as you were speaking, I just realized that this year would have been my 20th anniversary with my first wife. Um, and it is just frustrating because after all the dust settled after, you know, she and I were finally civil to each other. Once again, her only complaint about me was that I didn't keep it in my pants. And if I had addressed that somehow sooner, then we could still be together and, you know, be 20 years later and still have that. Mm -hmm. But even then I wish I had not been groomed or trained or learned to be a sex addict or have that mentality of the more women I'm with, the more of a man I am. And that might have made me a better husband in the first place and have a better relationship still. Um, but I mean, can't cry over spilt beans or spilt, spilt milk. Yeah. Well, but then yeah, I'm sure that also that you've gone down the, the spiral of, well, had you still been with your first wife, then you never would have met your second wife and you never would have married and you would never would have gone through that experience, which obviously I you obviously, you know, felt a really strong connection with her. I mean, I still hear in those episodes, like how much love you still have for her. And it's like, so like, had you still been with your first wife, you know, so there's, there's that slippery slope that I'm sure you can get into where, you know, okay, 20 years with my first wife and you potentially could have been happy, but then what happiness would I have been putting on the shelf because I wasn't with this other person as well, you know? Yeah, that's like, yeah, so many variations. And I like to take time and just separate instead of try to be wishy-washy or living in the moment now as, uh, oh, what if, and have, not anxiety, but whatever the, when you go down the rabbit hole, but not on positive, but just kind of be aloof and all different things. I have focused it more kind of like a journal or having it kind of like be a memoir or a story or a novel that I kind of live different lives, different major points in my life. Like I could have gone to, I could have stayed in the military. I could have gone these different routes and just kind of like, okay, what do I know now? How might I react different if I was still a sex addict and done all these other things? So in a sense, I still get to live quote unquote those lives, but it's still not firsthand knowledge. It's still something, but it keeps my mind at ease and keeps me uh, focused in a way to not daydream all day, every day, at least I can like focused one day, every two or three months. Okay. What would have happened if X, Y, and Z happened with this life? Yeah. I'm sure it would be really super easy to get down that, that rabbit hole of how things would have been different if you try to imagine all the different paths that life could have taken. But it's like all of your experiences and all of uh, what makes you 
the person that you are now is because of what you have experienced and how different would that have been had I gone to Notre Dame, which is like my dream school, you know, and or had I become a police officer, had I made a career, you know, had had things worked out with my first wife, like, obviously, everything would have been completely different. Like, it's, I'm thankful, definitely every day for even with through all the all the bad, even through all the shit that has happened in my life, I'm still thankful at the end of the day that I am who I am and that I'm where I'm at with the experiences that I've had. So before we dove into everything, you said you and your wife don't celebrate Valentine's. Now, was that a conscious decision or was that just over time that happened? How, how did they just turn out to be? It was conscious and I, I, not for any like particular reason. I think, you know, kind of like the reasoning that, that you had were good. I thought it was kind of like funny at the time if I would have said like, oh, just that's because it's the cliche kind of thing. And you know, I, I don't want to do something that's so cliche. So we'll do something different. And like our thing will be like sweetest day or something, you know, we'll, we'll really make that our own as opposed to Valentine's Day. And it's just like, uh, we haven't really done that either. It's just like, yeah, the, the commercial nature uh, of everything, like you said, it's just like, I shouldn't have to wait for one specific day to express my love for you. That should be like an everyday kind of thing. Um, and she's not really big on like the, the teddy bears and the candy and whatever anyway so um yeah but sweetest thing sweetest day really isn't a thing either it's like but i mean to a large part like when you've been together for as long as we have it's like gifts and whatever it's like if we just we're kind of to the point in our lives like if we want shit we'll just buy it you know it's like i I don't have to wait until like christmas or uh uh, an occasion to like get you a gift. Like if I want to get you something and vice versa, but it's like most of the time we'll just like buy whatever. <laughs> what do you attribute the success of your marriage to having been together for so long? Because um, I mean, nowadays I don't think I know many people that have been married more than 11 years. Almost everybody I know of our generation, older generations. Yeah. They've been together for 40, 50 years plus, but most people that I know that are within our age group and younger, their marriages are 11 years tough. Yeah, it's rare. I mean, when you start thinking about people that got, you know, that are our age or around there that got married at a similar time, their marriages, you know, flamed out long ago. Or um, we used to have, you know, game nights and stuff with my my cousins and friends. And uh, just like half of those people were married after us and got divorced before us. And now they're on like their second or sometimes third marriages. And it's just, it's, it's kind of insane. So I, I don't really even know what to attribute kind of like success to. It's just like, I, and I know that my wife is the same way. Like we just can't imagine our lives without the other person in it. Like, I mean, again, like there's been, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I mean, there's been certainly rough patches where it, it looked like it was, you know, kind of dark and headed toward a path of like, is this it? Like is Maybe because I think every couple has that. And it's just like, at the end of the day, I still am in love with her. It's a, a different thing than just being like, I love you. I am in love with you. And I know that she feels the same way. And it's just like, you can have love for a person and she'll not be like in love with them and not be passionate and not want to be like intimate with them and not want to spend every waking minute with them. Like I love my wife so much that she's not only my best friend, but it's like, we're kind of in our own little bubble. And it's like, yeah, we'd like to branch out and socialize every once in a while, but it's like, we're perfectly also content too with just 
being by ourselves and just doing things on our own. And like you were talking about, like with you and, and your second wife, like how you were always like doing social things, but there was also that time, the, like the intimacy of just being together and just like those chill times of just playing like, you know, D and D style games and, and having bonfires and whatever words to like, just the focus was on each other. And that's, that's what we absolutely adore. It's like, yeah, well, kind of get kind of burnt out or get in a rut sometime where we just sit there and watch TV. And it's like, well, is this kind of all there is? But no, it's like at the end of the day, we still enjoy each other's company and can't imagine not being in each other's lives. Now, do you think part of it is, I mean, I'm sure most of it is love, but do you think there's another component? Is it um, stubbornness of like, you know what, I'm not going to be a statistic. Is it stubbornness that, Hey, you're stuck with me or I'm stuck with you. Could it be no. something else or, or no, what, absolutely what not because I'm already a statistic, you know, I was already divorced and it's like, I, I already like, you know, so it's not that kind of fear, like perfect. I, I've told her before, it's like, I'm with you because I love you. Like I, I, and I'm in love with you. I'm perfectly content with being on my own. Like there was times where she would like visit her sister in another state. And I, so I would be alone for like, you know, three, four or five days at a crack and like over the weekends, I wouldn't talk to a fucking soul. Like I, I would just be like, I would just not say a word to anyone other than the dogs and, and the cat and be perfectly content with that. It's like I could, I don't know about, you know, like long term, if I was alone for 20 years, how how that would be like the, the isolation kind of thing. But certainly for like uh, an extended period of time, like I have no problem being alone. So it's like I'm enjoy her company because I enjoy her specifically and wouldn't want you know anybody else whenever you did have rough times what helped you get through it what made you realize okay we're going to work this out we're going to stick together because I'm, I'm sure there was a breaking point not every time but say out of five arguments there might have been one that you know what you might have considered the d word what brought you off the ledge or what do you think might have brought your wife off the ledge to go ahead and stick it out <sighs> uh yeah, I mean, I think can think off the top of my head where there has probably been about three or four of those, like maybe major kind of things where it's like that word or that sentiment was kind of bandied about where it's like, really, is this it? Like, is is this, you know, ha has it all kind of been for naught because it's going to end this way? And it's just like, but it, it hasn't stretched out really for an extended period of time it's not been more than a couple of days where it's just like then we'll you know kind of reconvene and, and just you know break down and just like i can't imagine my life with without you in it and i don't want to be with anybody else and it's like some people might point to that it would be like oh you're just you're you're afraid of being on your own but it's like as i said i would have no problem with that and i know that she's like fiercely independent too and she have no problem with that it's like that we are each other's person and and i think that that's what keeps us going is because we are each other's person hmm. that's rare to have that resolve most of the time with that question amongst like other friends they're like oh well you know i had to be because x y or z either the kids because they want the kids to be thing which is the worst reason don't don't stay together for the kids because norm normally or most of the time the kids can feel it they know it they realize it and then just like okay just get divorced um another one would be that they're not they're not afraid of being alone they're afraid of getting back into the dating pool you know because at some point they're going to want to get it in either or and more often than not it's easier for women to jump back in but for guys it's terrifying to try to have to go back into the dating pool because it's been five ten or fifteen years since they've done anything some guys 
don't even know how to use dating apps. Like they're they're aware of Tinder, but how to use them, which way to swipe, and all that. Yeah. That's the fearful yep. part. That that would be me. Like I, I know about I know about the names of them, and that's about it. You know, and I just like seeing uh, seeing like memes or whatever on social media. Like I, I know basically what like the layout of a screen would look like, but I would have no comprehension on how to do that. Like nor would I have any desire to do it. It's like we met in the very like traditional, old fashioned kind of way. Like she worked at a convenience store, and I I went in there on a break, you know, to buy a pack of cigarettes and then you know Diet Mountain Dew. And, uh, it just like it met in the, the most kind of, and again, yeah, I, I made mention I was technically married, didn't have any kind of interaction with, with my ex-spouse, but, um, yeah, I certainly wasn't looking for anything like that. I just wanted the cigarettes and the smoke, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, just meeting her and then just some being something about her and, uh, just even that, that guilt that I had of, like taking her number and even, you know, like calling her for the first time was just, but it just, it felt, it was wrong. And I knew that it was wrong, but I, it felt right because I knew at the end of the day that this was my person, that she was my soulmate and that this was a person that I was meant to be with. And that's why we kind of like, even through all the pratfalls, that's why we all kind of circle back around. Like we are each other's people uh, and I, I don't know any other explanation for it. No, that, that makes total sense. A lot of times you can't explain it. Like with myself and my wife, normally in my dating habits is I would be dating multiple girls at once and whichever one was the quote unquote best or had the most girlfriend qualities. And of course they kind of filter themselves out because they're tired of seeing me or dating me, but not having monogamy. But with my wife, within the first three dates, I knew I want to be with her. And I just don't, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't like put it into words what it was and made me decide I want her to be my girlfriend ASAP. So, uh, so I get that of, of not knowing or not being able to explain what it was that drew you to them in the first place. It's just, you wanted to be a part or want them to be part of your life. I'm, I'm just kind of like reflecting on the fact that we can talk about this being of our generation and not having to worry or having the um, guardedness. Cause I know most of the time this kind of shit wouldn't come out until like being friends for five or 10 years. Uh, I appreciate you for coming on and being able to be, to be this vulnerable yourself and hearing me out. But if you had any advice for anybody that's in relationships now or single, looking to get married, wanting to have something long-term, what would you, what kind of advice would you give them to have a healthier and stronger relationship? It's still something that we continue to struggle with now. It's just communication, open lines of communication and just being like blatantly obvious for what it is. Like we still have to you know, kind of stop each other and like even over the stupidest things like, you know, watching a movie. It's like, babe, I know you that you obviously have a movie in mind that you want to watch, but you're trying to defer to me. Like you just say what it is, like be blatantly obvious. And so that's like, it's still something that you struggle with 20 years on. It's just like, communication because you're you're always conscious of the other person's feeling or you, you can tell kind of their mindset if they're having a bad day maybe you're not so willing to share information you know that that you had a bad day yourself and so you don't want to make things worse for them so you kind of hold back but it's like no if you're going to have a successful uh, relationship you have to have that honesty with each other and just appreciate that they're going to be for there for you no matter what and that you're going to be there for them so yeah, just communication. It sounds simple, but it ain't. <laughs> no, it's not. Because, you, you know, just opening it up, I, I get that. Especially whenever, you know, you, you want to, like you said, you want to think you're having a bad day, but you realize they're not. And that, that's another aspect that I hadn't even thought of is having empathy for your partner. A lot of times that just gets overlooked. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a bad day, you realize they have a bad day. 
you know, that, that'll be something that you have to work out within yourself and your relationship. Should I go ahead and tell her? Maybe she still wants to hear it. Hearing your problem will take her mind off of hers. It's a possibility. Yeah. But without having that communication beforehand, you're not going to know. And then some type of seed of resentment can come out because, oh, I want to tell her, but she's always in a bad mood. But do you ever ask her about her day? Do you ever talk to her about her issues or problems? Right. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't rely on your partner to be responsible for your happiness. You got to be happy on your own as well. And I think that's what works great is that my wife and I knew who we were as individuals and we were able to be happy on our own. Being happy with mm -hmm. each other made us exponentially more happy versus just adding. It was just multiplying. And I think that's important. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like exactly what you just said. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm perfectly fine and content with being on my own, on my own but it's like having that other person that's in it for the long haul with you that, you know, it's like she's my ride or die, you know? And so it's, yeah, that just makes everything that much more palatable like you can have the shittiest day and just feel like at your lowest like you're the scrape in the bottom of the barrel and then you come home and all you need is just a smile and then or you know she'll rub my head or whatever and she'll just have me talk through it and sometimes and that just will take my mood from like you know a negative to a thousand it's just and then to also be that person for her it's just, uh, it's incredible. There's nothing like it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. No, like I said, I'm envious of the the 20 years that you have with your 23 years that you have with your wife. I would trade all the crap that I've done to have that with someone in particular. It is what it is. And you have to just roll with the punches and hopefully I can find that in the future. Yeah. I hope you and your wife have more than 20 years in the future together, but knowing that you're not alone can also be helpful, especially with the relationship. You know, it's just something that we, we as human beings, we need a community, you know, even mm -hmm. if it's a community of two, you know, you and your partner, it's still important to be able to have that being loving to the other people. And I hope you, you've calmed down with your road rage. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> if not, yeah. I'm telling you, do, do five miles <laughs> below the speed limit. It'll make you, it, for me, because I was like that, man. And what I realized is making other people miserable, making them having to rush around me. Is, is fucking great because they're just going to go around you, man. You know, having to race forward and hit your brakes. <laughs> that's another sneak peek from uh, Jared's. Uh, that's a callback to the episode he mentioned earlier. I mentioned like getting stuck behind a, a bus at a, at a railroad track and just going nuclear. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead and check that episode out. It is uh, feathers and friends. I want to say episode 92, but it was like the, the Russian hair box. And there's an inside joke there that you really should should listen to there. But Eric, where can everybody find you? I'm at uh, File Owner Entertainment Podcast with Dylan and Eric. Our whole first season covered movies from an alphabetical approach. Like one of our more popular episodes is the M episode, which I'm sure that you would really like. If you haven't checked it out, I would recommend starting there because you're a huge Matrix guy. Right. So The Matrix, uh, Mean Girls, Memento and Moulin Rouge is what we covered because we had uh, two guests, buddies of ours, uh, Jake and David. Um, so that's a, a really good one. Uh, our second season is from the same alphabetical approach, but we're doing the same thing with bands and we're through C. Our next episode will be D. We're still doing some movie related stuff. I also do a co-hosting gig over at the Evil Mark show where we talk primarily about college football. But since we're in between seasons, it's kind of we're discussing other sports and also there's some pop culture stuff added in as well. So that's a hell of a lot of fun. I urge anyone that has that likes the the sports ball stuff to to check that out because that's a lot of fun, too. So I don't know what you felt about the new Matrix. 
I mean, I, I, I have a little extra time. I'm, I'm good if you want to go. I mean, we, yeah. I, I'm a huge Matrix fan. As, as some of my listeners may have heard, I went to see it 13 times in theaters. I saw it like another 11 times at the Dollar Theater. That movie was just mind-blowing. And then this one, the new one, the CGI was great. A lot of good ideas were there. Mm-hmm. It was sadly predictable. You know? Yeah, I agree. That's what I didn't like about this one. I was expecting it to be something new, something different as the first one was. It started out with an interesting enough premise where I thought like, this is an interesting direction that they're going with. And then, but yeah, then it largely turned into like the paint by numbers kind of really predictable thing. Like you said, it's like the, if they would have stuck with a different kind of premise initially, it's like, I, I like where this, I like where this is going. And then just what it turned into was... Not great. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, but yeah, so Evil Mark, File Under Entertainment, anything else, any other socials you want to be on or do you let anybody know where they can harass you or come at you? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm at golddome13, G-O-L-D-D-O-M-E-1-3. Uh, it's largely just, you know, Notre Dame and and <laughs> sports related, just bullshit. Uh, I also have one for uh, the File Under show. It's File Under Pod, but you can find both by just going to either one in terms of social media, that's where I'm largely the most active. Okay. I need to get on Twitter. I need to start trolling people just to at least just get them to hate. Listen, if they're <laughs> I'm down to like 10 listeners. So I need to, I need to figure something out. Eric, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making the time to come on. I appreciate Thank you for you. having me and yeah. many more years, decades, many more decades for you and your wife live a long life and enjoy that. Thank you. I'd love to do this again. Yeah, totally. If you ever want to have any kind of other conversations about anything, I'm, I'm more than up to it. I'm, I'm, yeah, we can come on and just start talking. I, I have an excuse now to start talking about pop culture and social media because... Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't normally fit, but we can just slide it in, you know. Eric, have a great day. Say hi Thank to your you. wife. You Take as well. Care. And the dogs. I didn't get to see them this time, but give them a little extra scritches from me. <laughs> Will do. All right, brother. All right. Take care. Thanks, Kyle. Take care, man. Bye. To my listeners... Thank you for sticking around. I love you. You're worthy of it. And until next time, besos.